Yeah, we've run literally hundreds of thousands of transactions in comparisons, and we find that the spread pricing builds in anywhere between 50 and 70 percentage points of gross margin. And the interesting thing is 50 points of gross margin is a 100% markup. It's a doubling of the price of a drug. So a $10 drug becomes a $20 drug or a $30 drug. We truly believe that if you align the incentives of the member and the plan, Mm-hmm. that they'll act together. And what happens in the traditional PBMs today is they line up formularies and tiers with money that comes back to the PBM and enriches their pockets. Because we just charge a simple administrative fee, we can take all of those conflicts out and we can design a plan where members make decisions to go and acquire drugs where their copay is cheaper And we align that where the plan pays a lower amount. Hello, this is Mike Andrade with the Solving Healthcare Podcast. We seek to find companies that are positively disrupting and positively influencing healthcare. Drexy is a unique pharmacy benefit management company that's aim is to help eliminate a significant amount of opaqueness that's in the pharmacy industry, as well as turn the industry on its end with how they help individuals and employers manage their spend. Our guests today are Bill Miller and David Kwasny of Drexy. Bill is the president and CEO who wears many hats and uh, David is the sales guy. Uh, You'll hear a bunch of different voices. The first one is David and then Bill and then me, of course. Welcome to the show, guys. Yep. I don't know much about your bio, so can you give me like just 10 seconds? Yeah, yeah. I'm a recovering PBM executive. I'm a pharmacist by training and got into the PBM space in the early 90s. Ran PBMs, built PBMs, bought PBMs, sold PBMs. The PBM I was with was Restat. We got rolled up into Catamaran and ultimately Optum. Pulled into Optum. Yeah, you got pulled into the behemoth. Yes. And, And since then, about five or six years ago, decided we were going to try to disrupt the PBM space by launching Drexy. It was named something else then, but the concept was the same, to be totally pass-through, transparent, featuring consumerism on behalf of the member, and then finally competition on behalf of providers. But I've been a PBM guy my whole life. So All right. So you know where many of the bodies are buried and many of the secrets are hidden because you probably profited off that quite a bit in your I benefited years. from the chaos. Yeah. And you leverage that in the strategy either as you're negotiating directly with clients or negotiating directly with the pharmacist. Is that correct? That's absolutely yeah. correct. Okay, cool. So this will be a fun conversation. And Bill, doing a little bit of research on you, you've got your hands in a lot of pies. Not only are you the CEO of Drexy, but there's probably four or five different types of investment think tanks that you're a part of going down even to ASU. And to top it off, you know, there's four or five companies that you're kind of tied into as either a member of the board or some type of advisor. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. And then to top it off, you volunteer for the Special Olympics. And and you're a Boy Scout. So we have almost a dichotomy here. You got a super honest guy. This is my son. Oh, beautiful kid, man. And he's been shown internationally as one of the 
representatives of Special Olympics. And so I've been tied into, I was a scout as a kid, but I had the opportunity to take my son Grant all the way through Eagle. And uh, it was exciting. So scouting is such a fantastic, it's a love of mine. Yeah. I figured there's a, there's a story there and a passion there just based on everything that you have your, your body and your life and your soul into. So thank you for what you do. Did I at least touch the bases about you, Bill? Is there anything else that I missed? You know, I come out of the investment space and, and I'm an entrepreneur by heart. And so it's, it's fun to innovate and it's fun to come into a space like this and innovate. Yeah. You know what? Talk about a ripe with opportunity. I don't know if you guys know who uh, Dr. Marty McCary is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. His books, the, the most recent one, The Price We Pay, just a fantastic exploration. And so we'll probably talk about the four things that he suggests in terms of what's broken within healthcare, incredibly parallel with what's going on in your space. But what we try to do on this show is we try to say, okay, what's the problem? How big is the problem? What does your company do? And how do you attack the problem? And then, you know, how do you guys make money? And so we'll have an ongoing dialogue, I'm sure, but that's generally the flow of it. So can we guys talk from your perspective about the size of the problem? Obviously, this is pharmacy benefits. So I presume you guys are a PBM. Correct. And there's a technology play on top of that, right? Or maybe not a technology play, but there's a value play. That's fair. Both. Yeah. So Bill, at a very high level, tell me a little bit about what your company tries to solve. So we've come in as Drexy and taken a combination of high-tech software solution and applied it to the difficulties that are going on in the pharmacy industry. This is a $450 billion market. There's about $70 billion worth of non-value-added spread in there. So you think about $70 billion worth of savings opportunities for the United States. So what we're doing is applying our technology solution and our go-to-market strategy to this problem to bring this portion of the savings to whichever employer is moving to a better solution. So we offer that opportunity to take advantage of their share of that $70 billion. So you're talking about waste in healthcare and waste can happen in many ways. One is just the waste in that you're paying too much for service. Like my wife is a great example because she gets an injection and I'm not sure where you guys fall on this, but depending on where she goes, that can be $4,000 to $16,000, right? What could you do to generate that much more value to get $12,000 more per injection, right? Right. And so what I'm hearing you say is that part of it's a technology play, but I imagine there's an equally compelling story around the contract itself. Is that a fair statement? Yes. But, you know, when you talk about contracts with providers, you talk about a simple statin prescription. Hmm? I use a statin. I go in for a statin. If the prescription is $7 at one pharmacy and it's the same exact prescription, it's the same drug and it's $7 in one pharmacy and it's $43 in another pharmacy. What's the difference? Where is the value proposition for that? And it's really all about making sure not only is the contract set for us with the pharmacy, but the contract between us and the employer allows the employer to take advantage of the best possible price. Okay. So back a step up. So now we're getting, I mean, in the problem phase, you're talking about the classic challenge of using AWP as a barometer, right? Sure. Within that barometer, there's still so much variation in price, right? I mean, tremendous amount. You're talking about using AWP and still being able to to show $7 versus $40 for the same damn box, right? And the same AWP discount. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So talk a little bit about that. And, and I'm not sure if it makes sense to say, okay, within each bucket, so generic brand and specialty, but lead me in this dialogue in terms of how do you poke holes in the conventional thinking and when, where do you expose the fact that traditional consulting isn't necessarily the most forthright when it comes to being able to express value to a buyer? Does that make sense? No. Okay. Um, let's take a step back then in terms of the size of the problem itself. How can you have so much price variation when you're using yeah. AWP? So, you know, I like to use a great example of, you know, a Torvastatin and lisinopril. So when you look at AWP for a drug and you look across all of the manufacturers, you mm-hmm. can find a spread in AWP in a Torvastatin between $9 and $271. So if you're starting at this giant price of $271, you get a 50% discount and it's, you know, a hundred and something dollars. Well, that's significantly different than when you take 50% discount off of a $20 AWP. Right, right. So when there's this wide variation of AWPs out there, anybody can begin to pick any AWP amount and there's no pricing stability. And you know what the typical PBMs are doing is they've got multiple MAC lists, mm-hmm. multiple sources of AWP. You could use First Data Bank or uh, Metaspan you could load into your pay side. And this is what PBMs do is bill to pay to. So they're paying pharmacies from one side of the ledger and they're billing their customers from another. Hang on a second, but because you have sure. people that will be on this webinar that won't know the difference between a Big Mac and a Mac. Okay. Um, and so <laughs> maximum, allowable, maximum cost. allowable cost. So and talk a little bit about that, but then also talk about the last thing you said with gosh, different price lists and yeah, different price lists. Thank you. So pricing yeah. variability within a Mac list. Yeah. Pricing variability in a Mac list would be just so we're clear. It's not about the discount you get, although everyone is spreadsheeting discounts. It's really about what you pay for a prescription that really matters. So lowest net cost strategies are the most important things. And what we've tried to do is take all those variabilities out. So we have one set of truth on pricing, one price list or price source, Metaspan, for instance, one MAC list to pay pharmacies or maximum allowable costs, one MAC list to bill a customer so that you end up, the customer accesses the same price that we're able to discount to or provide to our payer. It has to get to that level. If you have And like I said, most PBMs will be able to contract with a payer and say, I'll use a source, a nationally identified source of AWP, but they don't say which one. Mm -hmm. And then they'll do the same thing with the provider, say, we'll use a national identified source of cost, but those two will be different. They'll have one to pay pharmacies, one to bill customers. They'll give a huge discount off AWP on Mac or any generic, but if you choose a very high AWP, you can give a very large discount off that, but it doesn't necessarily reduce the cost that the member pays. Going back to your $4,000 versus $16,000 injection, it can't be $12,000 worth of aseptic technique, right? I want to make sure I heard what I heard you say correctly is that when I go to the pharmacy to present my prescription, they're going to look at it and I understand there is some gamesmanship in terms of the NDC prop, the National Drug Code. When I get my copay and the pharmacy gets paid something, that's not necessarily ever 
or very rarely, is it the same amount that the employer gets billed? Is that correct? Depends on the contract. If it's passed through, it should be, but typically PBMs don't work that way, and and so it's not. Typically, so could, it's not. Between my copay and the pharmacy, it could be a ten dollar drug, but the employer could be billed an additional ten bucks or whatever the amount is. Right. That's correct. I'm hearing you correct. And so that should infuriate everybody listening to this because in terms of the value itself, what value do you get from the additional $10 that you're paying? And I assume that's, Bill, but you you want to talk a little bit about that, right? When you look at spread pricing as a problem, the problem is that you have a patient who goes in to the pharmacy and they fill a drug Mm -hmm. and they're told a copay amount. They don't know what the employer is going to pay. They don't know what the true cost of the drug is. They just get a copay. The pharmacy goes and gets reimbursed from the PBM, and then the PBM goes and bills the employer. If there is no transparency and no visibility into that transaction by the employer, they can be billed any amount the PBM chooses. Most employers would probably think, you know what, this is what I'm getting billed. So if I just backfill the math, here's the allowable amount take out the copay, that should be what the pharmacy is getting paid, but it's not. No, not at all. Yeah. So that's a big problem, number one, right? And then big problem number two is that there's different prices depending on the the pharmacy that you go to, correct? Absolutely. And that problem stems from pharmacy can choose what price to fill depending on, in a generic, what AWP they choose. They can pick a product with a high AWP and fill it with a different container that's a lower AWP. Mm-hmm. So you have this ability for PBMs and pharmacies all to shop different AWPs to build in spread. So if a PBM is not giving the price they pay the pharmacy to the employer, the employer has no idea what games are going on in between. And if the PBM doesn't enforce a maximum allowable cost on the pharmacy, then the pharmacy can shift the AWPs and build in their own spread. So it's important that in a generic drug transaction, that the data is consistent throughout. There is a price provided by the pharmacy that's based on what the appropriate cost of the generic drug is. It's a price that the PBM pays the pharmacy and the PBM charges that same price to the employer. That's an honest transaction. And when you introduce the gamesmanship between what can happen when people say, yes, we're transparent, but they're transparent to only part of the transaction, or we are passed through, but they're passing through only part of the truth, Mm -hmm. and then there's margin built in and on the other end, you introduce spread pricing. And when you introduce spread pricing, there's margin in there that's not value add. And do you have an idea of the overall impact of spread pricing as maybe a percentage of total spend or just the overall value of that? Yeah, we've run literally hundreds of thousands of transactions in comparisons. And we find that the spread pricing builds in anywhere between 50 and 70 percentage points of gross margin. And the interesting thing is 50 points of gross margin is 100% markup. It's a doubling of the price of a drug. So a $10 drug becomes a $20 drug or a $30 drug. Hey, Michael, one of the reasons we have spread pricing is if you look at what 
customers typically pay their PBMs to provide service, it's nothing. So that should really set your hair on fire. That when a vendor is willing to do all of your work for nothing, mm-hmm. you got to know that it's getting built in somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And, and then uh, conversely, they'll pay you to place business through either commissions or some sort of inducement. So it's not just free. It's we're going to pay you to do your business. So isn't that crazy? Hey, we'll do everything for free. There's no problem. You know, we've even seen examples, Michael, of customers come to us and they say, hey, listen, can you do an analysis for us? Are we running into problem with our pharmacy spend? And we do this analysis. We say, yes, you're running into problems with pharmacy spend. And we've had a traditional PBM come back and say, you know, we will write you a check every single month for $35 as an administration fee credit for you to apply any way you want, and then we'll take care of your pharmacy. And by the way, we'll take care of the clinical aspects. We will take care of the generics. Don't worry about those. They're low-cost drugs, and you don't even need to worry about those. Now, meanwhile, they're giving you money. They've got to build it in somewhere. Mm -hmm. There's no magic to it, right? Especially when you're looking at the profitability of knowing the blank insurance carrier that all have in some way, shape or form acquired or become acquired by a PBM, there's a lot of money in it, right? You don't have to be a genius to know that if you look at stock prices of insurance companies since the passing of, of healthcare reform, you know, the, the S&P 500 is generally half of the performance of what insurance companies are performing, right? Now, if you're an investor, that's great. But if you're a consumer, you're basically paying for the insurance company to have that value. So With that being said, I want to make sure we talk about your company and the solution that you provide. But I also know that you guys have a technology portion of your company. There's a PBM portion of your company. But then also when I'm talking to people about the pharmacy benefit opportunity, there's still going to be some clinical management programs in place. There's some additional programs in place where pharmacies might introduce either manufacturers incentives or something like that to help the individuals and leveraging that to the employer side. So in terms of the overall company itself. I'm not sure how many of those bases you want to touch, but can you just start talking about what you sure. guys do? So from a cost containment solution, the neat thing is we consider ourselves a PBM without conflicts. We don't have our own specialty pharmacy. So, you know, we have contracts with eight different specialty pharmacies. And so we work with specialty pharmacies to find the lowest price on a prescription instead of directing it into our own pharmacy. You know, given the choice as a company of finding the lowest price or keeping profit inside the company, if there's conflict, it generally people make decisions based on their own interests. And do you know uh, Promote, John? Yeah, we know Promote. Yeah, so we did a podcast of his early on in Solving Healthcare. And, you know, what I found interesting about his conversation was sometimes you never want to say that there's an incentive to approve a drug that's not therapeutically right for you or for me, but there's a heck of an incentive to do that for specialty for companies that have their own specialty company just because it's easy money, right? And so how do you guys make sure that the right medication is given to the person and you also factor in the the doctor's acceptance? Does that make does that make sense? Sure. You know, Drexy makes no additional revenue from different prescriptions. If a five thousand dollar Humira prescription is filled versus a $25 methyltrexate prescription. Drexy makes the same amount of money. We are there just to manage the transaction and manage the formulary. I, I understand that. But in that case, what I hear is that sometimes people don't need 
the Humira just yet, right? right? Because there's other courses of treatment that could be just as effective, right? If not more so. And so well, we've we've got a series of step therapies, prior authorizations, high cost drug edits, and uh, our goal is to approve or assure appropriateness. As we're able to do that, then we're able to go out and look or source the best possible price for that medication as opposed to pushing it into our own pharmacy, which, you know, if you own inventory and you're paying people to dispense medications, by golly, that's going to get dispensed. We also have the ability to partner with folks like Promote or other sources, whether it's foundational, patient assistance, manufacturer support, international. Mm -hmm. And we try to bring all of those into play. Once appropriateness has been confirmed, then we try to find the best possible cost for that medication and and patient. Yeah. So David, what I'm hearing you say is that, so there are companies out there where you can essentially have a program in place where you can say, okay, folks, this is kind of like going to Canada to get your drugs. You can go across the border. It's an international program. Some say it's controversial. Some say it's just as simple as driving across the border and getting your meds, right? There's plenty of basis to say that it's legal as much as there is a basis to say it's not legal, right? But still, at the end of the day, the plan is they're not creating a sponsorship. They're just making the program available. Uh, Most PBMs will absolutely not allow that because it's a violation of their contract. And really, it's a violation of their ability to take their piece of the pie. And so what I'm hearing you say is just say, look, we'll incorporate that as part of our program because the way we make money is very simple. It's a flat fee. We make money on the work we do. If we create, you know, we do administrative work, we process claims, we process eligibility, we create files of claim data, we process rebates, we simply charge a fee for the work we do. Is it also safe to say that if you know a company has one of those programs in place and you have a population of employees where this program might be a good fit, is there some level of outreach or intercept that you, you actually tell these people? Hey, there's this program available you might want to try. Absolutely. If you have somebody that's on a high cost drug and they have the opportunity to go and access that drug for a much lower cost, it makes sense. It makes sense for the plan and it makes sense for the member. (laughs) And as a PBM, we wholeheartedly embrace these cost containment solutions. We can bolt them into the Drexy platform from a software perspective, and we can work with those third-party cost containment solutions and the plan to make sure that it's an integrated solution. We can feature pricing on our technology platform and our member-facing tools, which show you know the lower price and the ability to access it. We like to show what the plan pays and the member pays so that the member understands that a Drugs aren't just $5 or $20. My experience is once you tell people, hey, look, it's the same box, right? Do you want your employer to pay $500 or $50 for the same box? Most of them will say, you know what? I don't care because it's copay, but I would prefer that we would save the plan money, right? And so that's generally their preference. They just don't know what exists. Right. But, you know, going back to the plan, I mean, I would encourage everybody listening to this to read your PBM contract, specifically around introducing other programs. It's excluded. It's considered a breach of contract. And if you sign a contract for a three-year agreement, you should be absolutely upset, if not livid, if you can't offer something that will save your employees a crap load of money. I shouldn't have said that. But, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Anytime anytime you introduce those conflicts, anytime you put somebody in a position to choose more profit over doing well for the plan, then, you know, it's human nature. 
I get that. What I hear is there's flexibility and say, hey, look, we're going to try to add value through program management. If we can't do it as good as somebody else, bring that somebody to, to us and we'll find a way to incorporate it into what we do. Correct. And that's plan dependent. Sometimes a plan has a very small population that needs some specific you know, medical management, medical direction. They need to bring in second opinions. There's all sorts of things that can be effective. Cytocare is a great example. My wife's a perfect example, right? Because that 16,000 is at a hospital system when the 4,000 is literally right down the street. (laughs) We typically will take examples like that. So let's say a prescription could be anywhere from 10 to $100, depending on which pharmacy you get it from and, and so forth. We don't have a notion of generic and preferred brand and non-preferred brand copays or specialty copays. Typically, we try to tier our copays or co-insurance or member participation based on cost so that in that way, their behavior doesn't cost the plan money, that their behavior is we're trying to promote consumerism and we're not trying to make things difficult for people. But if we can help them with the information to make better decisions and their inability to make a decision impacts them as much as it impacts the plan. That's kind of what we're trying to do. My sense is that, you know, we've talked a little bit about what the healthcare system is broken, some of the contracting opportunities, some of the price variability. Now, what I'm thinking you're getting into is really the technology aspect of your service. So let's talk about that. What you said is you, you don't have a traditional generic preferred brand, non-preferred brand, specialty. Or, uh, yeah, percentage plan design. So talk a little bit now about your solution and how you help people make that decision of what's the right place and the right drug for them. So from a copay perspective, we truly believe that if you align the incentives of the member and the plan, mm-hmm. that they'll act together. And what happens in the traditional PBMs today is they line up formularies and tiers with money that comes back to the PBM and enriches their pockets. Because we just charge a simple administrative fee, we can take all of those conflicts out and we can design a plan where members make decisions to go and acquire drugs where their copay is cheaper. And we align that where the plan pays a lower amount. So when you create a copay structure based on financial criteria, instead of whether something fits in a rebate category or is just generic, then you're better aligned between the member and the plan. For instance... Yeah, no, so it's not my label, but I call those smart shopper programs where you say, hey, look, we're going to incentivize you with money, right? Either money or free. Sure. If you take the lower cost free option, you're not only saving yourself money, you're saving the plan a bunch of money, right? So walk me through if I'm an individual and I have a prescription in my hand, how does that work for me? And how do I naturally choose the best smart shopper program? So Drexy has member-facing tools that keep track of all of the prescription history, where it was filled, what the plan paid and the copay was. And then when you do a search for a drug that you have a prescription for, and it's handy to do it right in the doctor's office because it'll tell you if there's a prior authorization or a step therapy or or some sort of intervention that has to happen. But you have this prescription, you search for it in the member-facing tools, and all of our pharmacies are geolocated, and all of our members are geolocated. So I, as a member, 
do a search and I come up with an algorithm that's based on proximity to my house. So how close is this drugstore and that drugstore and the next drugstore? And then in order of price. So I get to make a decision and it's based on my own convenience. I won't drive down the street for 50 cents, but I'll certainly drive down the street for five bucks or 10 bucks. And when we have uh, pricing from different pharmacies and the copays align with the higher pharmacy cost or lower pharmacy cost, so the copay goes up and down with the overall cost of the drug, then consumers can make that choice to go after the lower copay. And when they do, it saves the plan money. And so you could have a $50 difference between pharmacy A and pharmacy B. So uh, case in point is Walgreens is typically more expensive than your local grocery store, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and so walk me through that. If, I, if my doctor just gave me a script, what I'm hearing you say is the doctor can look on his or her prescription pad and say, here are some choices for you. Will the doctor be able to see the pricing on it? Or is this something the member will have to say, let me look on my phone for that it, it would be the member would look it up and they would, okay. while they're sitting in front of the doctor, the doctor says, hey, I want to write you a script and they say, hey, well, hold on one second. They, what do you want to type in? They just type it in with the doctor comes up and says, hey, this is a prior authorization. The doc says, well, you know, let's try this drug and they type it in. Oh, that's right there on the formulary. No prior authorization, no step therapy. Hey, it is $23 copay if I go to Walgreens and it's $5 if I go to the local grocery store. Yeah, so, yeah. So part of the, I wouldn't call it disruption, but it's really more of a pattern interrupt, right? Typical pattern is doctor says, hey, what pharmacy do you like? I don't know. Yeah. How about Walgreens? It's right down the street. So it's trying to disrupt that pattern, right? And so there, right. there's probably a little bit of education that has to happen there with the members and the buyers, right? And saying, okay, in order to disrupt that pattern, saying rather than just send it to Walgreens so I don't have to think about it, let me pull out my phone and I can find the place that's most appropriate for me. There's going to have to be some value for that too. So walk me through what, what do you typically see as an overall value in terms of the, it's the impacting cost really. What, what do you typically see if all things are firing the way they should? If we look at the average behavior under a traditional PBM, and we look at Drexy contracts of just pass-through pricing, we see a significant savings, 11 to 12% in the same pharmacy. It's just contract. So just contract, pass-through, no same prescription no patterns. Pricing. Yeah, you do exactly what you're doing last year, this year. Yeah. No, no issue. You don't have to pull out your phone. You don't have to do anything. Drexy saves you money just because we have better contracts. Once that pattern interrupt happens, once that patient pulls the phone out during the doctor's visit and they make their choice to go shopping, you see an additional up to 20%. So the savings basically go from 10 and 11, 12% to 30, 33, 35% savings. And that's on an overall basis. So you're seeing you know, double the savings of making that move, of having that education and that pattern interrupt right there at the doctor's yeah. office. So that's almost, it's not lanya for sure, but it's saying here's value because we're going to fix the contract. Yeah, right? yeah, here's yeah. value because we're going to simplify the contract right. with, as a PBM. And on top of that, depending on how much you want to incentivize behavior with your employees, and if you're okay with forcing a pattern interrupt, you can have even more savings versus if you just say, here's some savings if you think nicely about it, right? So right. if I'm an aggressive employer, I have more tools there in the box. 
You've seen one employer, they all want to come at this slightly differently based on their culture, the contracts they have with their employees. So we have them starting at all different levels. But immediately you have savings from our pass-through contracts, and then you have all of these opportunities for more behavioral change that lead to greater savings over time. Yeah, but it also leads for an evolution because I have some that say, look, we don't want to do all this now. Let's start. Let's dip our toe in the water, right? Or put our feet in the water or at least get up to the waist deep. And eventually we're going to have our head underwater. It's just a matter of we're not going to do it all this year, right? And so what I'm hearing you say is you can support any and all of those. We're not letting those guys go to that pharmacy. It's too expensive and they cut it right out of the night. Whack it. I'm sure you can whack it, right? Yeah. And having that data available on a regular basis, everything, all the data is available on our website. We provide reports to customers as well as them having the ability to go and and access whatever they want, whenever they want. But that data to be able to go in and see exactly what's happening and say, well, you know, if we made this move, you know, that savings opportunity is available to us. Well, Bill, you said an interesting point. In terms of the network itself, employers can trim providers from their network. So let's just say they don't want Walgreens in it at all or we yeah, have to make that decision as to which ones to exclude. Sure. We have the data for them to be able to make the decision. Sometimes, you know, everybody talks about CVS being really, really high priced. Sometimes they're really, really high priced. Other times they're actually lower than the other pharmacies. So I like what David says. Sometimes they're your best friend and sometimes they're your worst enemy. But it depends on what the shopping says. However, if the population has a overall drug mix that has a higher price at a specific pharmacy, and the employer's looking at it, they can go and trim this away. We can have the total network as broad as it could be, or we can have an employer narrow it down to one simple pharmacy. We, we have the ability to do it all. Yeah, yeah. So let me understand in terms of what I'm hearing you say is a script for script, right? If I wanted to say prescription A, prescription B, prescription C, but I'm not going to want to drive the three different pharmacies, right? Right. What do you generally see when you have multi-scripts for one individual? The pharmacies that fall in the lower cost echelon on a multiple script basis usually win. And there's a certain set of pharmacies that you always want to have in your network. And so you can increase choice by increasing the network, or you can decrease choice and save money on an overall basis. And we provide that data and we'll work with the employer to make sure that the network's as good as it can be. And the employer, they really get to say, well, how much convenience do I want to provide and how much cost do I want to pull out of this? And they can make those tweaks and we can provide the data for the plan to show those numbers. Patients normally make decisions based on a market basket kind of approach, you know, unless, of course, you want to go to multiple pharmacies. Sometimes it makes sense to have, if you've got three prescriptions, get two filled at the local grocery store and the third filled at the the best priced uh, pharmacy, if the variance is that broad, which occasionally it can be. We're not trying to promote polypharmacy. Yeah, no, we no, are no. trying to promote informed pharmacy. Yeah, I mean that would be a lot of driving, and have to be one pretty dang good change. You know, the market basket approach is. I imagine you're going to put all of them in one basket and say which one's the that plus time and distance to travel, yes. value of your time, all of that stuff. We'll go into the overall equation. So. What else? What am I missing about your program that they either haven't asked or it's just not not obvious? Well, I think that the biggest things are pass-through contracting, pass-through rebates, consumerist behavior, agnostic sourcing, 
well-constructed plan designs and edits so that you assure appropriateness before you begin to buy prescriptions that may not make sense. And bringing in all sorts of vendors or opportunities or partners that might further drive down the cost for a customer. So it's really a holistic approach to drug spend. And we're not in the no saying business, we're in the yes saying business, but it simply has to be appropriate. And we're surely not afraid to work with others because we have a lot of answers, a lot of experience, but we don't have all the answers. We're always willing to learn from others and incorporate strategies that make sense for our payer customers. Hmm. You know, we talked about all of the things that Drexy is. One of the subtle things that's out there in the marketplace that we haven't talked about is the fact that Drexy is a PBM from our pharmacies all the way to the employers. So we handle the transaction. You know, we have our own bin numbers and we have our own processing capability. And so we are the PBM. And when we talk about pass through, there's a lot of gamesmanship that goes on out in the market where you have PBMs say, we're a pass through PBM, but they're a pass through PBM on their part. And then all of a sudden they're using some other traditional PBM as a back room. And so now you have two PBMs involved. Well, one says, hey, we're pass through or we're transparent. And then all of a sudden you have this other part that's behind the curtain that you don't really know what's happening. So when you have pass-through pricing, it should be from the pharmacy, not from another PBM. And there shouldn't be anybody else involved in the transaction. You should really be dealing with a PBM. Good point. So question I like to ask is, since you brought it up, I always ask this question though, is how do you guys make money? We make money through administration fees. That's it. All right. And so in terms of rebates, employer gets, how, how do those work? So we use a rebate aggregator. And so all the rebates, we submit all of our files, all of our claims go in and go through the rebate aggregation. The rebate aggregator keeps a percentage. That money comes back to us and we charge a $250 per quarter fee to go through every single claim. We go through every single claim and attribute the claim to the actual member, what claims have rebates, how much they are, what claims they are. And put together a reconciliation report and all of that rebate money and the report goes back to the client. Oh, cool. So it's not pro rata share. It's specific to that client. No, it's specific to that client. Very cool. So guys, if somebody listening to this wants to get a hold of you, how do they do that? Our website is drexy.com and my email is bmiller at drexy.com. I'm D-K-W-A-S-N-Y at drexy.com, 225-1049-100. Very cool. But if you just go to Drexy.com or you call us, we'll, we're happy to pick up the phone and chat. Absolutely. Email. Yeah. It's been a fantastic dialogue. I always like talking to companies that are passionate about what they do and really passionate about providing value. You guys obviously have uh, industry and innovation experiences on your sides. And so I thank you very much for the opportunity to talk with both of you and consider it a blessing to get to know both of you as well. So. Thank you, Thank you so much, Michael. Thank you. We appreciate you solving healthcare. Well, it's, uh, absolutely. It's a, fight, it's a fight that we'll always be fighting, hopefully. So. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Solving Healthcare. If you like this episode, please rate it and also provide your comments. If you would like to know how this service or others could fit within your organization, or if you'd like to sign up for future podcasts and news updates, please go to www.solvinghealthcare.net and click on contact. Thank you.